Hey everybody, welcome back into the Hitters Only Podcast. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram at Hitters Only Podcast. Give me a like. Hit me up on Facebook at Hitters Only Podcast. Give me a like. And hey, whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this right now, please subscribe to the podcast. That helps me the most. And as always... Go to Apple Music and search Staley Haynes, S-T-A-L-E-Y, and Haynes is H-A-Y-N-E-S. Search Staley Haynes for all the hitters of the week, and you guys can jam out to my playlist that I got on there and all the music that I like to talk about, and uh, those songs are what I consider hitters. So you guys can hammer those on the way to work, get in the right mindset, But today's episode was very exciting. Um, I'm very appreciative of Sergeant Philip Goolsby for coming on the Hitters Only podcast today. It was a great time. I thank him so much for coming on the podcast and opening up about his time in the military. And I just want to thank him for his service. I want to thank his wife, Brittany, for her service. you know, there's there's a there's a part of every soldier that has a wife and kids. They're serving too, back home. They're taking care of things, and they're giving the boys over there peace of mind that are fighting and keeping all of us safe. So we like to thank all of our ladies too, because they serve as well. If you're married to a service member, we had a good conversation. We talked about a little bit about everything and uh, talked for about two hours. I just want to say thank you to Philip. He did a lot for us. He did a lot for this country. And I want to thank uh, all the veterans out there. And I want to thank all the guys that are men and women that are currently serving. It's because of you that we can lay our head down at night with solitude and we can wake up with freedom. So thank you to all of our currently serving military. And thank you to all of our vets. I believe the best man- to a more peaceful world, a proud, independent, and sovereign nations that serve and respect their own people. When you look at what's going on in the world, you have so many where they don't respect their people. But we want nations that cooperate together to create better for all people. That's what we're all about, all people. What is that? What is this stuff you brought? Stag bourbon. Stag bourbon. Yep, it's a Buffalo Trace. I thought you were talking about Red Stag when you when you sent me that. Let me see that. How much is this? That one was uh, ninety nine ninety nine. But I had to buy a bottle of uh, cheap vodka with it. You know how they do. <laughs> But that's that's a better deal. I was at another uh, another liquor store a couple months ago. They wanted two fifty for it. Ooh, doggy. Yeah, I told them thanks, but no thanks. So um, you go to the one by your house, right? Yeah, Old Fort. Old Fort. I go to the one on Memorial, the wine cellar, that newer one. Mm-hmm. And they asked me the other day. They were like, "Do you want to put your name into?" Uh, some kind of contest 
it, every time you spend more than 50 bucks, they put your name like in a bucket mm-hmm. and then they draw from the bucket. And if they pull your name, you get the opportunity to buy nice bottles. Okay. And they're like our nice bottles are anywhere from like $120 all the way up to like almost a thousand. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need that opportunity. So I was like, no, don't worry about putting my name in there. So Brittany's brother, you go over to his house and he's got, I'm not even exaggerating, hundreds of bottles. Really? Of whiskey and bourbon. And he's got some pappies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won a couple of them in a raffle. That's and cool. everything. Wellers, all of it. Dang. So if you need to know anything so about... So he's, like he's like an actual connoisseur. Yeah, he, and he knows everything. So if I find one, like I texted him when I saw mm-hmm. this. I'm like, hey, man, they got the stag for ninety nine ninety nine. He goes, jump on it, Phil. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, I've just never been able to, like, keep a good collection. I don't know. I watched that neat documentary on Netflix or Hulu about bourbon and stuff. And, like, their master distiller guy, they were talking. They're like, do you have, like, a nice, like, collection and he was like, ah, I kind of do and kind of don't. He was like, bourbon's for drinking, so I don't save bottles. Yeah. I was I like, mean, that's a cool way to look at it. That's like, I mean, I'm not going to buy that to stare at it for six months, you know? Yeah, there's you nothing know? And this is a perfect opportunity to... Yeah, uh, dude. Well, thanks for coming on Hitters Only, man. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Taste this stuff. Mm, that's delicious. For everybody listening, that is Stag... Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, barrel proof, mm, 132 proof. That's good stuff right there. Good stuff. Anyways, man, how was the, uh, I know we had a a podcast on the way over here in the truck, (laughs) but holiday season went good. Did you get everything Santa wanted to, everything you asked Santa Claus for? Yeah, Santa's pretty good to me every year. You know, I've got a beautiful wife. Yeah, I don't need anything else. Sneak that in there. All right. (laughs) A good one. I love it. Yeah, man. So none of your kids, they're not on Santa, right? No, that ship has sailed. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) We we, we cut that out about four or five years ago. It's never going to start with Sonny. No? What? Mm -mm. You know? I say that, man. Don't do do the elf thing. I'm not doing the elf thing. Yeah. I don't have time for that. No. Well, cool, man. I know I've been trying to get you in here for a while, so. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's a nice, nice rainy day for us. And, man, I'm just going to say this while I'm thinking about it, and I was going to talk about this later. But congratulations to Mr. Joel Barba. Oh, yeah. On uh, making, what is it? Major. Major. Yeah. So where is that in the ranks? There's. So you have enlisted which are like your privates through Sergeant Major. And then you have your uh, officers, uh, and that's going to be your lieutenants through general. So Major is... That sounds like pretty important. You go first lieutenant, second lieutenant, captain, major. So it's a pretty big deal for him. He's moved up. He's a smart dude. You know, you've met Joel. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, Joel. We love you. Yeah, living the dream down in uh, Bogota, Colombia. Bogota, Colombia. Yeah, working at the embassy. Wow. And his daughter. So he's not doing recruiting anymore? Nope, he's done with that. Wow. His daughter actually has uh, become good friends with the 
Israeli ambassador to Colombia. Really? So she's hanging out at his house. Yeah. So wow, that's he, interesting. He's living in a completely different world than you and I. Yeah, right now. yeah, man. That's a that's awesome. I can't wait to see him whenever they get back stateside if they ever come through Tennessee again, which I'm sure they will. Oh, they yeah. seem to always try to make an effort to come for sure to come see you. But anyways, man, um, I was going to ask you, I know me and you are kind of on the same page with a lot of stuff, musically and uh, a bunch of other stuff, but what kind of music do you remember growing up on? Growing up on, always in the car with my dad, we listened to, I guess they were oldies. You're talking about like the 60s, like Beach Boys, CCR, stuff like that. Yeah. Dang, Beach Boys, man. Yeah. There's always Beach Boys. There's always Credence Clearwater Revival on. Um, They're good. I like yeah. I like them. So, all right. I think my dad was too. I don't think I don't think our parents generation was as big on like country music as we probably are now because it was probably a completely different thing. Yeah. So, now no, so like if you're talking about Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and George mm. Jones and all that. My parents never listened to that. Really? Yeah. No. No. I don't my think mom. my parents did either. I think they were oldies too. Mm-hmm. So it was all oldies. Yeah. I, and that's. I mean, I can remember being 18 years old, and I 96.3 was the oldie station. So when uh, when you grew up, you grew up in Lebanon, right? Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet. Don't yeah. don't come on <laughs> now. <laughs> You did that on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> I love it, dude. I don't know, man. The 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 Mount Juliet Lebanon rival thing is funny to me because they're so close but very different. Very. But honestly, it's kind of like the Smyrna Murfreesboro thing. Like Smyrna is not the same as Murfreesboro. No. It's like Smyrna and Lebanon are the hood. Yeah. And then we're the normal people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mount Juliet is nice. I grew up in Mount Juliet. Yep. Um, moved there in '93. I was in like fifth grade. Okay, where were we all before that? Oh man, we've been all. We were all around before okay. that. We were in East Tennessee, and we were in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, which is just outside of Chattanooga. And we were in Clarksville. Yeah, we were in Tacoma, mm. Washington. We were all over. Yeah, yeah. Well, and your dad owned a, a barbecue restaurant. Uh, when I was a little little kid, yeah. So when did he own the one up in Moss? So he, then he came back around to that. Oh, okay. He yeah. Came full circle. Yeah. So he bought it back from his brother and yeah. opened it. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's cool, man. So what? Your dad didn't he work in the restaurant business most of his life? All though? of his life. Yep. Oh, okay. Where yep. did he work most of when you were a kid? Uh, he he was a manager for Aramark at the cafeteria in. Uh, the Nissan plant. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I need to talk to him. I used to eat there all the time. Yeah. It's pretty good food, to be honest. Uh, so this I was, mean, yeah, he worked night shift there and uh, just always in the food business. Yeah. He, he managed restaurants. He worked for AFES, which is like on military post, and mm-hmm. he managed uh, Burger King. So that's why we were in Tacoma, Washington, and then Clarksville, because he worked at the okay. Army bases there. Okay, so was he ever in the military? Yeah. Okay. Air Force. Air Force. All yeah. right. How long was he in? Uh, I think four or five years. Okay. I forget. Yeah. I tend to forget that, that he was. And this will blow your mind. 
he uh, deciphered Morse code. Really? Yeah. That dude, I, I have no clue. He's smarter than he puts on. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. If so, he, he was actually all over. He was stationed in, uh, in Turkey, and then they went from Turkey to Japan. If anybody wants to know who uh, <clears throat> Mike Goolsby is, you can go on YouTube and watch uh, his um, listen to his opinion on some stuff in city council with Mount Juliet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he actually did a really good job. I did too. I should have played <laughs> it on here just to get us going. But <clears throat> that's awesome, man. So growing up in Mount Juliet, mm-hmm. so is that so? When when I guess did you take the turn? Were you in high school when you? decide that you wanted to go into the military or were you kind of nope, younger? Never even, never even thought about military until I'd been out of high school for three or four years. Oh, really? Yeah. What were you doing after high school? I was working in a uh, car shop really? as a service rider. Yeah. See, man, this is the stuff I love finding <laughs> out. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, did that in uh, Donaldson. Um, All right. It's called Packard's BP. And, uh, Packard's BP, baby. Um, yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was a good job. The same guy, Bill Packard, still owns it, and uh, actually just had uh, the suburban worked on by him last week. But uh, really? just realized, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I tried to. So then I decided to let's let's join the Air Force. They wouldn't take me. Really? No. Got into a little bit of trouble in high school. This is back when they were picky about who. Yeah, yeah. When so they, now you can just be yeah. homeless, probably. Right. But yeah, I shouldn't say that. But so the Air Force guy told me, "Hey, we can't do it." And you know, the Air Force, Army, Marines—they're all in the same building. Mm-hmm. And I walked over to the Army, and he goes, "Yeah, man, we'll take you." <laughs> you <know>? Arms <laughs> wide open over right? here. <laughs> Arms wide open. My dad said, "You're a fool, son," and I'm like. I left for the army, and it's probably the best decision I made. Was that around now? The um, what year did you enlist? Uh, let's see. I enlisted in October two thousand three. Okay, left, so you'd already ba- yeah. seen the towers fall, so oh, that yeah. was probably played a big part. Oh in yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. That's my birthday too. You know. Yeah, so. yeah. Then I left for basic training January nineteenth, two thousand four. Two thousand four. So that's almost twenty years ago. I was a young chop in middle school playing middle school football, Phil. Mm-hmm. You're out here fighting them. the world's wars, man. So was is Alex? Alex is younger than you. Yep. So he so he joined the Air Force after you. Nope, he was in before me. Oh, okay. He, Alex joined uh, like he was 18 years old. Really? Yep. Got married. That's cool. Went to the Air Force. That's cool, man. So, dude, when I I my dad was in the Navy, so. I tried to join the Navy a couple of times and had some hiccups. Went to MEPS, but didn't um, didn't realize that the ASVAB thing was an act. I didn't know I was supposed to take that seriously. Okay. And, the, and the guy told me that I was fixing. He goes, with that ASVAB score, you're fixing to be washing dishes Yeah. in the bottom of the boat. And he was you don't like, want to do that. And he told me, he was like, you probably need to come back in a couple of months and retake that. and. I don't know what happened in those couple of months. I think I just got lost in college, but so, um, 
So I guess the military kind of came to you a little bit unexpectedly. Maybe it was on your mind a little bit because of the, the towers falling. And yep. at that time was a very patriotic time in the country. Oh, yeah. Everybody was on the same page, I guess, as far as being upset about that and, uh, you know, that whole deal. So I'm sure Completely that, different than it is now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People bring that up all the time about how united the country was mm-hmm. after the towers fell, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame that something like that has to happen. Well, now people are feeling sorry for Osama bin Laden. Yeah, what's a, okay? I've got <laughs> that whole idea has drifted by me a couple of times, and I've just been kind of ducking, letting that one go because I'm like, what? Yeah. But they were like, you know, he had some valid points no. about his grievances, and I was like. Screw that, dude. No. What are we talking about? I mean, you, Hell see, with that. you see how people like him and his followers treat women. That's all you need to know yeah. about them. You, you know, know what kills me, and now we're about to get fired up, <laughs> is the LGBT community. They go around with um, you know, free Palestine and, and uh, Muslim stuff mm-hmm. and all this stuff supporting them. Like they're, they're marching with the big rainbow flag and free Palestine and, and support all these people. Do they know what would happen if they went over there and walked down the street with one of their rainbow T-shirts they're, on? They have no clue. Dude, they get thrown off a building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're totally... I don't understand why they... they like that, that just blows my mind. It, I can't make sense of it. I just don't know if they're just that dumb or just man, doing it for clicks or what. It seems like... We've lost all sense of what am I looking for? Um, we've lost all sense of just any kind of common basis for like a morality as a country. Yeah, like it just seems like anything goes, and you can just say whatever to get a reaction out of people. You can pretend you're a you're a man if you're a woman. If you're a woman, you can pretend you're a boy. And, and if you're against that, you're a bigot. Yeah, you're and a bigot. Like, and, and, you know, everybody has to go along with this pretend game that right. we're all playing. And, you know, I personally don't choose to um, – like, am I, am I going to go out of my way to, uh, you know, say something ugly to a trans person? No, I don't go out of my way to say, you know, anything negative to anybody. But if you're going to throw that stuff in my face and shove it down my throat – like no, I don't. I'm not going to call you what you want me to call you. No. Anyways, I don't know how we got off on this. But <laughs> <laughs> where um where were? Hey Chloe. Ah, don't worry about it. She's got her she's earbuds a, in. I told is. her to be quiet. Hey, you see that little button on the right side of that stove, on the side of it? It's a little silver button, little switch. Will you switch that down? There you go. Dude, I'm about to start sweating in here. <laughs> We got the wood stove on hell setting over here. Philip brought 132 proof stuff, so we're about to be in here with no shirts on here in a minute. Be like you and, uh, what's his name? It's leaving me. It was like 110 degrees when you guys did your podcast in the summer. Oh, yeah. We just drove by his house. Why can't I think of his name? Me and Gary. Gary, golly. Me and Gary, it was hot. I remember listening to that one, and you guys sounded like you were... Oh, dude, we were in here. We had a freaking, dude, yeah, we had a damn sports gloss going in here, dude. It was, 
<laughs> we should have been wearing sweatbands, but Gary's a tough guy, so he didn't yeah, he, is. he didn't care. Yeah. You wouldn't care either, so I could have it daggum cold in here and it'd be all right with me drinking this stuff. But oh, yeah. Anyways, man, so where did you where did you end up going to boot camp at? Fort Benning. Fort Benning. Georgia. Columbus. So what's that look like? Because I've never really talked to anybody about boot camp. My dad, which that was a long time ago. But so basically, like, the second you get off the bus. They swarm you. So Screaming at you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not right when we got there because there was like six of us that left Nashville on a, like a, in a van. They drove us down, dropped us off. They put us in a room with wooden benches, and they had Lee Greenwood's video of God Bless the USA playing on repeat. No way. Yeah, we got there at like 10 o'clock, and we sat there for four or five hours with that just going on repeat, just waiting for them to come yank us up. How do you feel when you hear that song today? It reminds me of that. (laughs) (laughs) My butt was sore. (laughs) Dude, this sounds like like a hazing from a fraternity or something. I mean... (laughs) Kind of what it is. A little it was bit. like a nine-week hazing. Yeah, yeah. So then, and and you know, you have no clue what's when they're coming through the door, or what's coming through the door, or what's going to happen, because nobody really knows until you get there. Wow. Yeah. And everybody was feeling the same. You know, people from all over. Yeah. Are there? Do you do you have to get like haircuts as soon as you get there? Uh, that was pretty much day one. Really. Everybody got their haircut and shots. Shots and. You know, I got my BCGs, my glasses. Oh, okay. You know, the big the big uh, brown glasses that you see? Heck, yeah. They call them birth control glasses. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So I got those. I had to wear those the whole time because you can't wear contacts. Really? Yeah. I mean, that might be different now because, let's be honest, the military is a little bit different. But How's your vision? Are you blind as a bat without contacts or no. glasses? I mean, you'd be blurry yeah. from this distance. But, okay. I mean, I couldn't. You can make it though, because I imagine I couldn't if you're drive. really no okay, because I imagine like if you're doing all that like intense stuff during boot camp, you probably don't want to be wearing glasses all the time. Well, you had to, and really? then they fogged up, and yeah. you know I got there in January, and it was you know it's Georgia, but it still got cold. Were you glad that it was cold instead of hot? Yeah, I think yeah. I would Looking be back yeah. for sure. Yeah. So did y'all do like a lot of? Uh, does that just entail like a lot of like PT, like cardio and um, running yeah. and just. So so there was a lot of that and there was a lot of classes and, um, you know, you're just learning the whole army way and everything. Yeah. But, you know, every morning was the same. Wake up at 3.30 or 4 and then you'd go do PT for however long and you'd come back and you'd go through, get your chow. Then you had so much time to get back upstairs, get showered, put get in the right uniform, and back down in formation, and then whatever you had going on. So, at what point do you actually like say like, "Hey, I want to"? Because you were a medic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at, like, at what point do you get to be like, "I'd like to try to be a medic," or "I'd like to try to be so this"? That's, so that happened at uh, at MEPS. Really? Yeah, based off your ASVAB. So, oh, okay. so just so you know when you leave for basic training, mm-hmm. what your job what your job's going to be going to be. Yep. And I guess if that didn't work out, you just get put in the normal infantry or whatever. They'll find a place for you. Find somewhere yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay. So you. So what made you want to pick being a medic going into it? 
So the guy at MEPS, I went in, you know, and had the physical and all that, and they looked at my ASVAB score, and they had this, this, this is what you can do. And I'm like, well, what's a, it's called a healthcare specialist. Like, what's a healthcare specialist? There's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you'll, you'll work in the hospital, be like a, a nursing assistant or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. You know, I'm not going to be out there fighting wars. I'm not going to be on the line. I'm not going to be doing this. I'm going to be in a hospital the whole time. So I said, let's do that. I never thought about health care in my life. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's a good profession to get into, though, professionally after the Army. And, I mean, did you enjoy it while you were in, too? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I never saw a hospital while I was in. Really? No. So that's, a, that's another story. So once you finish basic training, you go to what they call AIT, and that is your job-specific. So mine was in Fort Sam Houston, Texas, Texas. in San Antonio. And then you go there, and that was like 16 weeks or whatever I was there. And it's still like basic training, just not at the same level. You get like the weekends off and stuff, but you couldn't go anywhere. You got so many passes. They're not trying to like break you anymore. Right, that's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I'll say this, that I couldn't run a half mile without stopping and before I left to go to basic training, and when I finished AIT at Fort Sam Houston, I was running sub-seven-minute miles. Wow. Yeah. So, and I went from, like, 230 pounds. I think I was weighing 175 when I finished AIT. Completely different person. Woo. Yeah. You, you know, I've seen people go through that transformation almost. My Many years ago, my cousin married a guy, and he was just kind of like a – a diesel mechanic or something kind of a country boy <clears throat> and uh i don't know his career wasn't working out well for him and he just kind of wanted to he was an older guy i think he was actually like 30 he just kind of wanted to whip his life into shape so he just signed up for the army mm-hmm. dude seeing him like we had like a little i think there was like a little thing for him before he went off and then seeing him like the next year, or, or like around the holidays, after he had been through basic training and all that, was wild. Yeah. He didn't even look like the same person. Right. Because he was a little bit overweight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, he came back. He's got a freaking high and tight. He's probably like a smooth 170 pounds, kind of cut up. Yeah. And he's like, he almost like talks different. Right. He's like more straightforward and more like confident. And I was just like, good gosh, man, the military boy. Yeah. <laughs> they put they, you into shape, son. And I will say this. I, I wouldn't be the person I am today. If it wasn't for the military, I wouldn't yeah. be where I am. I wouldn't have the job I have. Yeah. I wouldn't be any of that. So it helped my dad too. He was, I mean, he'll tell you, I'm not saying anything out of character here, but he, he said, I was going nowhere fast. And yeah. the Navy, I think he did seven years or something and you know, I mean, paid, paid for his college. And I was like, let's see, in 2003, I was about to be 22. I was making seven fifty an hour. And I remember if I, if my check a week was $300, I felt good. And then one day I was like, this ain't going to cut it. Yeah. You know? 750 that's still the minimum wage. Yeah. So I was a little over minimum wage. Yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably was lower back then. Yeah. 750 an hour. So what, so coming out of that, you, I guess you graduate from, you're trying to be a medic. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first, first station? So it was uh, Fort Drum, New York. Fort Drum, New York. Yeah. And I don't want to skip over the main part of this whole process. You and Brittany, your wife, y'all met, y'all went to the same high school. Yep. She's two, two years younger than me. Okay, so you're like me and Kaylin. 
So you met her. Did, were you married when you went into the military? No. No? So Y'all were dating? You want to hear this story? Yeah, tell it. Okay. We got nothing but time, dude. It's nasty outside. <laughs> so Brittany and I, we, uh, we dated a couple times. Like I was a senior or just out of high school. Yeah. And we dated a couple times between then and when I left for the Army. Mm-hmm. When I left for the Army, we were not dating because we had a little bit of an issue one day and she left stole my car and dropped it off at the lake picked her car up and drove back to (laughs) back to uh to chattanooga so i was like we're done with this so when but when i finished alex and leah weren't married at the time when i finished basic training and i got to fort sam houston we had i had a cell phone and we had so much time in the evenings we could talk on the phone well I would call Leah pretty mm-hmm. much every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Leah and I would just talk because Alex was gone, and I think he, he might have been, I don't know if he's in Korea or not, but anyways. I ended up getting to Fort Drum, and I was talking to Leah one night, and she goes, you know, Brittany really liked you. I was like, no, Brittany didn't like me. No. She's like, no, she did. You need to call her. I hadn't talked to Brittany in almost a year. Hmm. So I was Tennessee play. It was a Saturday night. Tennessee just got spanked by Auburn in football. Tennessee should have won the game, but I walked out. It was cold as heck, October, and uh, I went and sat in my car, and I was like, I'd had a few drinks, and I was like, let's call Brittany. And I called Brittany, and she was at a fraternity party, (laughs) and she answered the phone, and rest is history. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's wild, man. That was almost like an instant reconnection. Oh, yeah. That's wild. And then I remember uh, we met she in uh, Virginia. So I drove down. It was like eight-hour drive for me and a six-hour drive for her. Because you so, were in New York? Yep. Way upstate New York, like an hour north of Syracuse. Ooh. So from here, it's a 15-hour drive. Ooh. Yeah. And she was living in? Um, Chattanooga. She, Chatt- was, she was going to UTC. UT- UTC. Yep. Nice. Yep. Wow, man. Yeah, she must have, Leah, Leah really hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. She must have actually liked you because one yeah. phone call. That's it. One phone call. Makes you wonder, like, you know, what if she didn't answer the phone I know that yeah. night because she was busy? I might still be in the military. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, man, that's awesome. That's a, that's a good story. Yeah. And then yeah. Alex and Leah ended up getting back together because they dated in high school, too, and then yeah. broke up, and then they ended up getting married. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And y'all have a great, uh, I admire the, the relationship between y'all's, y'all's two families. It's, uh, it's special. I know you, I know you missed him when he was, when he was gone and living in Georgia, Vegas, wherever. Yeah. So it's good to have them back here, man. The kids and everything. It oh, just, yeah. it feels like the Goolsby thing is more complete. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really come full circle, man. Like, um, you know, meeting y'all was, a was a blessing when <clears throat> when Kaylin started working at the for everybody that's listening, I know Philip because uh you worked with Kaylin on a med surge floor at the VA hospital and they were nurses together on night shift and she would come home talking about this Phil guy. He was funny. I'm like, I don't know, who's Phil, man? <laughs> I used to not say nothing, but I'd you know, after like somebody brings somebody up like twice, you're like, All right, you know, who 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 the hell's Phil? <laughs> and she's like, oh, he's got a family. 
da da da, and then and uh, y'all came y'all came out here for a bonfire, mm-hmm. and man, it's been history ever since. Ever since, it's come it's come full circle, man. That life, shoot, that was what five six years ago, longer than that, seven years like ago, two thousand sixteen, seventeen, yeah, yeah, it's been six, a while, seven years man. Ago. So, uh, things are. Things are so much different now. The, yeah. I mean, this shop, the first time y'all came out here, this this wasn't even here. Mm-mm. Nope. So we just had a crappy little house right here with a burn pit down there. That's about all we had going on. And y'all, y'all, were, y'all were living on River Rock, right? We bought, yeah, we moved to River Rock the same year you guys moved here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just had that old deck back there. And yeah, because Kaylin and I were looking at homes together mm-hmm. at work. At night, we like. She's like, I think me and Staley are going to buy this one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was hot and heavy. She was on that app all the time, sending me stuff in the middle of the night. <laughs> but yeah, man, we've took it. We've taken off, man. We've had a good time with y'all. Y'all have become some of our best friends. So it's been same here. It's been a. It's been fun, man. Y- y'all have good friends too, of course. Um, you know, you got the Vaughns, and you mm-hmm. got Alex and Leah, who are family and friends. And yep. Uh, all your buddies though that I've met have been have been pretty cool. So yeah. I know you got a lot of buddies still floating around out there in the in the military world and, yeah. and buddies. Dino from, Primo. Dino a, Primo. Give a shout out to Primo Air. Primo Air in uh, Mount, <laughs> Mount Juliet, Juliet yeah. Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Just give them a quick Google. You can find all the information. Maybe I'll do an ad. Maybe I need to hit Dino up. Hit him do, up, man. do an ad for him. I was I was on the computer at work the other day and I did a Google search <clears> and you know how sometimes a when you hit enter, a uh, advertisement will pop up, and you got to like hit X. Yeah. It said Primo Air, and I'm like, I called him up. I'm like, Dino, man, I'm at work and I'm doing a Google search, and it <laughs> pops up Primo Air. <laughs> he goes, Yeah, man. At least I know my uh, my money's going to good use yeah. with, the, with the marketing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's funny. I I ran into him down at like the gas station by the lake this year with that new uh cadillac thing was sweet too yeah i saw it last weekend for the Ooh, first time that car is slick man yeah he said well i ain't gonna say how fast he said he i know it. Yeah. It, it was it was moving though but he was walking in with his youngest his youngest little daughter yeah and he's like what's up man <laughs> he said where's phil you can't he said phil don't ever come to the lake no more i'm like ah, he'll be back up here i said they're just they're so busy man so we get me one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, did you know Dino in high school? No, didn't. No. So Brittany. I know Jen. Uh, Brittany and Brittany and Jen were friends like since kindergarten. Yeah. And that's how I met Dino. Okay. Good dude. Oh yeah, for sure. They do anything for you. Yeah. Pretty much. Anybody I associate with are like that, you know? Yeah. We're all like-minded individuals. Yeah. Man, I just don't really have time to hang out with people I don't like. No, it's a waste of time. It is a big waste of time. Yeah. And you know what? Let's bring this up because if you don't like somebody, say your wife is friends with somebody, another, and you don't like her husband. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to not like her husband. You're not obligated to like her husband because your wife and is friends with his wife. I agree. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. And I should be able to tell him that. I don't like you. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, why would I lie? 
me and you are fortunate. Our wives are friends, and we, obviously we like each other. Right. So that just works out well. But sometimes it's not always like that, and that's okay. And I think there's still space and room for them to be friends and hang out and and go on lunch dates and yes and do their thing. And when they hang out, they just need to hang out. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't have to always be like a like a let's all come right. together thing. Yep. And I think that's okay. I don't really see, you know, some people just. I mean, I have friends like that. That I don't like. We don't really hang out with their wife. She mm-hmm. just kind of does her own thing. Own thing. Hey, yeah. man. I. No, yeah. Well, no well, shots fired. You know. Brittany and I. Brittany and I had a big issue with this. Uh, maybe year and a half two years ago where yeah the guy just kept texting me and i finally just had enough of it and i texted him back and it's like stop texting me i don't really like you and that just totally ruined Brittany and hers relationship but Brittany was sort of like you know what okay oh well i mean yeah. i mean and because Brittany was on my side thank thank goodness but well i just don't understand Brittany's relationship with you is more important than Hers with whoever that was. Yeah, hundred percent. So, if you're gonna make a big deal out of it, and man, people don't take good clues, man. Like sometimes, <laughs> like like if you text me forty times and I don't answer <laughs> one of them, yeah. like okay, have, maybe, have we lost the art of taking a clue? Yes, dude. It takes me a total of like ten minutes. To figure out if I don't think somebody really cares for me that much. Oh yeah, and and it takes it takes me that long to figure out if I like that person or not. Like, yeah. I can walk into a room and talk to somebody for ten minutes and be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't really care for this person. Yeah, me too. And then I'll just be like, I don't, I don't force myself to like somebody. That's a waste of my time too. Well, you shouldn't. That's, um, you know, people have a natural vibe for each other. Some people yeah. are like minded. Dude, I have friends. I don't agree with half the stuff they say, but for whatever reason, exactly. I still like them. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. Like, my si- like Brittany's sister, her views are completely different than mine and Brittany's. And we went out and had dinner with her and, I guess, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And we sat there, completely different views, like totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Never brought it, any stuff like that up and just had a two-hour conversation over dinner, and it was amazing. Yeah. And you can do that. I don't know why um, everyone feels the need to think that, like, you have to talk about, like, the most serious issues of all time every time you hang out. Right. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And, and, if, and if both parties are kind of, like, in agreement, like, yeah, man, like, maybe politically or maybe even, like, re- religiously or something like that, maybe we are not, like, on the same sidewalk. But if you both kind of agree, like, well, that's okay – but, you know, we still enjoy each other's company, so we're just going to leave that over there yeah. and uh, move on. Exactly. I don't know why everybody can't do that. That's, but a, that's a difficult thing for some, well, probably 99% of the people in this country right now to do. Yeah, it is. And, and like you said, um, sometimes, man, it's not very often for me, sometimes people just don't like each other. And, and it's just a personality thing. And... I've had I've had friends tell me like, "Hey man, my my buddy's coming. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, you're probably not gonna like him. I yeah. know you, and you y'all probably are not gonna be like 
uh, you know, best buddies. I'm like, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. We just don't have to like. Yeah. I mean, hang out the whole time. Right. It's not like I have to see the guy every day. No. You know. Now, if you're working with somebody, you you got to find out a way to make it work. Right. Yeah, that's completely different, man. It's completely I, different. At, at work, um, I'm old school with work. Like to me, like work is work. Mm-hmm. Whether at work, this is how I operate. Whether I like you or not is pretty much irrelevant. You still got to work with them. We work together. Yeah. So that's our relationship. Um, so we'll either just talk about strictly work stuff, and that's fine, and we'll work together, and we'll we'll get through the day every day. Or there's some people at work that you just naturally get along with, and you might find yourself talking to them about the football game yeah. or whatever's going on, and you just naturally vibe with that person more, and that's fine. But – I can pretty much say for everybody, everybody's worked for somebody they don't necessarily care for. I'm pretty fortunate. I like everybody I work with, but I mean, I've definitely worked at some places where I could not stand some people and you just keep it work professional. Yeah. I mean, that's all you got to do, especially you, you're, um, I mean, you've worked in the the nursing field for the past, what, 10 years, years, eight years. There's a lot of women that, you know, you work with a lot of females which I've done that before too. And I never had an issue with that, but I'm sure, and there's male nurses too. I'm not acting like it's completely, I mean, it's mostly dominated probably by females. You think that's fair to say? I mean, every one of like my boss, my boss's boss, my boss's boss's boss, they're all females. Yeah. I have no issue with that. Mm-mm. You know, as long as I never I'm supported, either. you know, yeah. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. but, like some people may feel insecure with that. I, I absolutely don't. As long as they're good at their job, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know. No. That's uh that's important. I when I worked for that uh, foster care company, everybody was a like the whole entire company was female pretty much. My first two jobs out of college were like that, but I never had any issues, so. Yeah. No. Anyways, anyways, but so to get back to where we were, um so, did Brittany just, like, move to New York to start hanging out with you, or how'd that go no. down? So, we dated, and then um, Brittany, my mom, and my mom's sister, my aunt, uh, they drove up to, they might have flown to Buffalo, and I had gotten the engagement ring. I went with Joel. We went down to Syracuse. I went to Zell's, found the ring she wanted. Mm-hmm. And I drove to Buffalo. It was like a three-hour drive. Um, and the plan was we had all these plans. We were going to do – there's a boat you can take out to the bottom of the falls. It's called the Maid of the Mist, and you're like right at the base of the falls. And I was going to propose to her at Niagara Falls. Oh, nice. So we were there all day, and I just – I was a wuss, and I never did it. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> – we get back to the hotel, and we're in the hotel room, and I just looked over, and I said, hey, will you marry me? And I handed her the ring in the hotel room, just the two of us. That's and awesome. And she, she was expecting it. She still gives me heck to this day about that. So uh, then we got engaged. That was probably, let's see, that was probably summer of 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got engaged because I was leaving for Baghdad that fall. 
So got engaged, and then I went to Baghdad, was there for 12 months, came back, and we got married at the Justice of the Peace in Watertown, New York. In Watertown, June, New York. Yep, in Ju- June, July. July mm-hmm. 2006, yep. And then we, I got leave because Brittany, her mom and dad, and my mom and dad all drove up and we had rented this place and uh, they helped move us in and everything. We did the justice of the peace and then we came home on leave and actually had a real wedding out uh, east of Lebanon. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, so when y'all got engaged, she knew that uh, you had a future deployment mm-hmm. ahead of you? Oh yeah, I was leaving in like <clears throat> just a month or two. Man, good on her. That's a mm-hmm. that's a pretty respectable thing. I always have a lot of, re, obviously, have a lot of respect for Brittany and and Leah and all the mamas and wives out there that uh, stay with military. My, I mean, my mom, you know, did that. And yeah, it's uh, not easy. And I'm gonna have Brittany on eventually. Maybe I think I'm supposed to have Brittany and Leah on together. Do it. <laughs> we'll see That'll be that a good one, be. boy. <laughs> just don't talk about anything from. There, when they were 18 or before. Dude, I'll have your back in here. I'll be freaking, <laughs> I'll be deflecting all the shots at you and Alex. Oh, no, they're good guys. They, you know, uh, but. Oh, man. I mean, Brittany and Alex stole my car. I had a I had a GMC Jimmy. It was four-wheel drive, and they wanted to take it mudding. And they stole my car and <laughs> tore up the four-wheel drive and the transmission in it. I had to put a transmission on oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah, man. I bet they paid for all of it, right? Oh, no. No. <laughs> they didn't pay for all of it. Yeah, bring that up to them. Yeah, that's way back. And I was proud of that car, too, man. Yeah, but I always... <laughs> um, I always... I do, I do. I, I seriously do hold a, a a high amount of respect for the ladies that are willing to do that because she didn't have to do that, you know? She might have... Yeah. like, I'm young, you know, I want to have kids, and this guy's freaking to go to Afghanistan. Like, I don't, you know... Yeah. So good on her. That's a that's an American woman right there. Yeah. So, and so you got three kids. Mm-hmm. One of them's youngest. We got Chloe Bug in here. Say hey. Hey. Um. <laughs> so Addie was your first. Yep. And she was she born before you left or while you were gone. Uh. So the first appointment we weren't married. So when we okay. got back we got married and okay. then. Because you've been on a total of two tours? Three. Three. Yeah. So, went on the first one, 05 to 06. Got back, we got married. Okay. And then we had Addie during my second deployment. Okay. So, uh, Addie was born in 2008, September, or January 2008. Mm-hmm. So, I was in the middle of a deployment. And actually, we knew when she was supposed So, when you go on deployment, you put your name on a list. Or this is the way we did it. When you wanted to go on leave, well, I wanted to go on leave. You got 15 days leave, and uh, I wanted to do mine around when Addie was going to be born. So I got, I came home like. So you four, literally get back on a plane and fly all the way back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. for your for your okay. Yeah. So so the way it, you you got on a plane and I got on a plane in Baghdad and flew to Kuwait. Stayed in Kuwait a couple of days and then flew from Kuwait back to Atlanta and mm-hmm. then Atlanta to Nashville. Okay. Yeah. 
How long is that? It's a long time. Shoo. Yeah, it's a long. But your your leave didn't start till you stepped foot back in the states. I always imagine you just jumped on a military plane. So you were on a military plane from Baghdad to Kuwait, and then once you got to Kuwait, they put you on a charter plane. Okay. So we would go from like, we would fly from like Kuwait to Germany, and then Germany to Atlanta, or Kuwait to Ireland or wherever. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I've been to, I've had layovers in Ireland, Germany, Romania, oh, wow, Kurdistan. Cool. You've been a, you've been all over. That side of did you ever leave the airport or you just No, we didn't leave the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Was it usually you were going back with a couple other boys or Oh, it was a whole plane full. Oh really? Like, yeah. Everybody going on. I mean you had I mean the war was in full effect then, so you had what three hundred thousand people and troops yeah. in Iraq, I guess. I don't know yeah. how many there were. And I've always been I got so many questions about uh, a deployment that I've never been able to ask you. Like, what is, like, what is that? Like, what is, um, so what's your first one? You were in Baghdad, you said? Yeah. So in Baghdad, were you in like a, like a big compound area? Yeah. Like outside of Baghdad or? We were at the airport. It was called Camp Victory. Okay. It was a huge one. There was Army, Air Force, Marines, mm-hmm. some Navy folks there, you know. And it's just barracks and, Pretty much. Everything you can So imagine. basically, we lived in connexes. Okay. So they would take a connex and put a door in it and one of these little Mitsubishi wall air conditioner units. Yeah. And they put like four people in each one. And a connex is basically like it's a... It's like a 40-foot uh, shipping container. Yeah, shipping yeah. container. Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're nifty now for building shipping container houses. Yeah. The military <laughs> was doing it years ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... All right, and you, like, so the guys you're bunking with, they're, like, in your... Um, same company, same, same company. platoon, whatever, yeah. yeah. And you were 12th Mountain Division? 10th Mountain Division. 10th Mountain Division, yeah. okay. First Brigade, Combat Team, 187th Infantry Battalion. Okay. Yep. I, should, I should have that memorized. I spent, like, six <laughs> hours burning that into a table. Yeah, it's nice. But, um, okay, so how like how big, like, if you could put, like, a... Is it are those things like a mile wide or how big are those? What's like it? the the camp. Oh, this one was huge. This one was basically we went in and took over the whole airport. R- really? And some more. Yeah. So I was at that one and that was actually pretty nice. Had a big chow hall, all that good stuff, had a PX you could go buy, you know, if you needed like toiletries or yeah. anything like that. Um, the second and third deployment weren't quite as nice. Yeah. So the second deployment, we were at a little compound probably 100 miles north. Was that Baghdad too? No, we were in a place called Hawija. I've never it's, heard of that. No, it was like it was like 20,000 people lived there. And this place was literally, I mean, 300 yards by 300 yards that oh. we stayed at. Yeah. yeah and so small. there was only... A battalion there, and the the perimeter is that is what sandbags, barbed wire. Like, we call them hescos. So basically, it's a eight, ten foot. I don't know how high. Big, like five feet by five feet, and sometimes they and they just fill them with sand, and then mm. they'd stack them on top of each other, and that was a perimeter. Yeah. Yeah, and then you obviously had your fence. Was there a fence? 
Oh yeah, there's like uh, Constantina wire. Yeah, yeah. Who who puts all that up? So like when they first get there and they're like, hey, we want to put a a base here. Like who d- does the military put yeah. it up? Oh yeah. I always wonder if they like paid outside contractors to come in and so you have build a perimeter. You have these uh, uh, Navy folks, and your dad probably knows what a CB is. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. So basically. Lots of times they go in and they got equipment and stuff and they'll build that stuff up. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder how long it takes to build like a pretty solid base. I wouldn't take too long. Really? No. I mean, I know they're not much. Right. But, I mean, I'm sure after being there for a couple of years, it turns into... I mean, we had a we had an airfield on there that... Yeah. I mean, we could put two Blackhawks on or two Chinooks, whatever. Yeah. Whatever we needed, you know, to transport people in and out if they needed to. Yeah. Okay. So... Your second deployment, you already had Addy. Yeah. And did the rest of them, did Chloe and Elena, were they born after you were out? Or Nope. So, Addy was born during the second deployment. Mm-hmm. I came back, and then Brittany got pregnant with Elena. Mm-hmm. And Elena was born in New Mexico in 2009, September. And then... Uh, I left for Afghanistan in 2010 in, like, April, and we found out, like, a week before I left that Brittany was pregnant with Chloe. Really? Yeah. And then Chloe was born while I was in Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't come home for hers. I came I, I came in, like, two weeks after she had been born. Yeah. So. Brittany was pregnant for, like, three years. Yeah. It sounds yeah, like it. Because we had Ooh. 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah, and she nicely told me that she was tired of being a well single mom. Man, <laughs> I'll tell you this: <clears throat> that is a. I have one kid. Um, I, I do. I'm just going to tell you, I could not imagine being pregnant. Basically, yeah, for three years, and then uh, you know, you being in and out. That's not your fault, but. That's a lot on one person. Yeah, and then you know when we're not deployed, we were, you know, I was with the infantry, so we were, yeah, training all the time. I'd be gone for a week, and then we'd have to go to uh, JRTC or NTC for mm-hmm. a month, and I'd be gone. And that's a whole month while you're not deployed that you're gone. Yeah, at a time. So yeah, and I'll be. It's care- a lot on. It's a lot on the ladies. And, it well, is. And I'll and I'll be um, um, careful how I say this, but Brittany is a very sweet person. She's she, she is she's kind she's very sweet she's straightforward she she is straightforward but she's very she's tough she's, oh yeah and and um I don't think that uh, somebody that I think she was meant to be the mom of your family hundred percent yeah that's I what totally I'm agree that's what I'm trying yep. to say and because uh, man it takes a special woman to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could do that. You know, oh, I know I, I couldn't. I, 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 listen. Dude, I, I've been watching Sonny for three days. I'm about to go nuts. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I had it a lot easier overseas because all I had to think about was me and what I had to do that day. I didn't have to worry about feeding kids, changing diapers, getting them up, do, you know, mm-hmm. potty training them, all that stuff. No. Yeah. The only one I had to help potty train was Chloe. And after like two days, I was over that. Yeah. Yeah, I was Dude, like, the heck I took this. a dirty diaper this morning, 
and dumped the poo-poo into the toilet and made Sonny watch it and flushed it. And I said, all right, tell poo-poo bye-bye. And she said, bye-bye, (laughs) poo-poo. We're trying to, like, show her that poop goes in the toilet, Uh you know. I never did that. I'll be honest with you. Dude, we're just trying to find any – because we're trying to get a little head start on potty training. Maybe we can get her to do it a little sooner than later. And, dude, that stuff is – God, dude. I would – look, I love – I love my daughter. I I would do – there's not a thing in this world I'd kill a thousand people for. But – um, if it comes to just like being a full time child care keeper, I could not do it. No, dude. no. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Kaylin does a great job, and they're and built different. They are. They're meant you know? to do that. But dude, I would. I can cut trees down in the forest all day long, yeah. and drag logs. That is easier to me than being a home. Yeah. Like a, you know, a, a, a child care person. It's just, woo, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting here complaining about, like, the one week I've had to take off taking care of Sonny this week. Kaylin's been down with the down with the sickness. And, oh, man, I don't know how Brittany or anybody else, and I don't know how they do it. That's got to be super hard. But I'm excited to get her in here and get her oh, perspective yeah. on all this. But... So three deployments, man. One, mm-hmm. one Baghdad. What's the other place? Hawija. Hawija, and then Afghanistan. And then Afghanistan. Well, which one of those was? I mean, were they all about the same? They or? were all three completely different. Really? Yeah. So the first one, you were out of New York, and then the then you first go, two were New York, Nor- and then you went to New Mexico, yep. and you went from there. Yeah. And that's where you met Shane, right? Yep. Yeah. She met Shane in uh, White Sands Missile Range. Yeah. I remember uh, <clears throat> Brittany was cooking enchiladas one night, and I asked Shane if he wanted to come over for some enchiladas. Yeah. And uh, Shane came over, and we had, I guess Addie was, what, about to be two, and Elena was a baby. And we had enchiladas, and we watched uh, the Tennessee-Alabama football game when Lane Kiffin was a coach, when Mount Cody blocked two consecutive field goals. Remember that? Dude. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember. Yeah. That. And Shane Shane was a huge He took his helmet off on the field. It yeah. should have been a penalty. Uh-huh. Hundred percent. And Shane's a USC fan, right? You know, fight on, you know. Yeah. Dun, 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 As he dun. should be, he's yeah. from there. A hundred percent. But uh uh he I think he started to fall in love with uh Tennessee football that day. And uh Brittany's enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> And we've been friends ever since, man. I mean, Ooh, fast forward many years, he's yeah. he's full on Tennessee now. Oh yeah, I love yeah. it. All it took was uh, one trip, me, you, and him up to Knoxville for a uh, who'd we watch? Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, we got our butt beat. Got our butt beat. Yeah. So who was that kid starting at quarterback that game? He threw a hail mary. Remember in the first quarter, and the place went nuts. Threw a long touchdown pass because we were like, oh, I can't remember. Tied name. with Georgia, and Georgia was like, good, good. Yeah. And Tennessee we was sucked. not good. Yeah. And uh, remember, the first half was good. I had a bad second half, but well, you, you well, it just so happens some friends were sitting in front of us that you knew <laughs> out of a hundred thousand people. I, I don't know. know how that worked. I know it, <clears throat> but, but we didn't see you in the second half. No, I didn't know where you ended up. I just but went ahead uh, and left. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just got to jump ship, Phil. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the pressure. You got to. Brittany's dad says you got to. You got to listen to self. Man, that is a good quote. Yep. 
and I always do a quote of the day. So listen to self. That's the quote of the day today. Mm -hmm. um, I should have listened to self on New Year's Eve night at about midnight <laughs> instead of three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Dude, listening to self, I cannot tell you how much trouble that has kept me out of. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not, I'm not going to claim that I'm good at a lot of things, but I am very good at like following my instinct and man, I have left a lot of places when I should have. Yeah. And it's because of that. Yeah. And it's because I, I have, I have a weird like sixth sense of sometimes like if I'm in like a social setting, like a party or something like that, dude, I can tell you what's fixing to happen. Yeah. I'm like, you can sense it. You can. Yeah. You can, you can tell how much how many people were there? And I'm talking about when I was younger, not now. But um, you can tell how many people are there. You can tell how much people are drinking. Mm -hmm. You can tell how loud the music is. And you're yeah. like, there's going to be about 30 more minutes and the cops are going to be yeah. here. I think I'm just going to go ahead and slide out <laughs> Go here. ahead and get out. Yep. Yeah. But that that listen to self, that has, that has kept me out of a lot of trouble. And thankful for that. So, But anyways, man. <clears throat> so I'm sure with all your time in the military and three deployments. Dude, I met, I bet you met so many guys and made so many good friends. I mean, do you value like those relationships a lot? Cause I know you still try to hang with some um, of those yeah. guys when you can. Oh yeah. There's what I just had a, had a guy at my house on uh new year's day. He crashed the night. He's a, he, he goes around the country playing poker. Really? And he shot me up about two weeks ago. He goes, he, killed, he still calls me Doc. He was a mortarman. Uh -huh. And uh, he called me up. He goes, hey, Doc, uh, I'm headed to Biloxi. He lives in Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. He goes, I'm headed to Biloxi. I'm staying at a friend's house New Year's Eve in uh, Cincinnati. Can I hang out with you guys on New Year's, New Year's night? I'm like, yeah, man. Uh, we'll watch football and have a couple beers and yeah, yeah cook out, whatever. And there he was. He's, he basically... He has an apartment in uh, Pittsburgh, but he's got a decked out little van. And when he goes goes to Vegas, he goes to Biloxi, goes to Atlantic City, wherever. There's a poker tournament, and puts his dog in there, and they they'll you yeah. know go to a park and like a state park and mm -hmm. hang out for the night and do yeah. a little hiking, and that's just what he does. That's they, awesome. He's done a pretty good job playing poker too. He, we had some poker tournaments on the second deployment in Hawija. Mm -hmm. At after the Chow Hall closed, there was a group of about six or eight of us, and we some nights there'd be five people there, some nights there'd be six, seven, eight, and we would have hold'em tournaments. All right, I gotta ask a question. That was not supposed to go on. Okay, well. <laughs> Because there, I've seen five thousand dollars on the table. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. When you're deployed, what's the alcohol situation like? No alcohol. Uh, wink, wink. Or I, you I, ain't I will come say, across it. I will say this: that I was always a rule follower, and I was scared to death to get in trouble okay. in the military. That's changed a little bit since I've gotten out of the military. Mm -hmm. But I, I knew people that were drinking. So it's like anywhere, I'm, it's there if it's you there. want it, maybe. Yeah. So I will say that I know that there was, in Afghanistan, 
we were right next to a German base. And, they, and there was some trading, because the Germans could have, like, alcohol. They had wine and stuff over there. Uh-huh. But they didn't have Dr. Pepper. And I know that there was some cases of Dr. Pepper being, and they loved it. Yeah. There were cases of Dr. Pepper being traded for alcohol on that deployment. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. No, 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 no. Goolsby no. wasn't one of them. Yeah. But it was happening. Because I was on a couple of the trips that went back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> did everybody, I'm sure, dude, I bet just to have something to do, did everybody dip? Oh, yeah. Chew tobacco? Yep. I would have been. Yeah. People smoke smoke cigarettes? Yeah. 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 I've always wondered that. I'm like, do they allow them to have alcohol on base? No. But the, it's probably uh-huh. not a good idea. No, not a good idea. Because you... You had to be ready to go at any moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you don't want to be hammered in a mortar land and you're trying to find a bunker and you don't know where to go, you know? (laughs) No, sir. Okay. Or go man a a tower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, man, it's like a thousand freaking men in a camp. There's going to be some shenanigans going on. There's oh, going to be yeah. some poker. There's going to be some, yeah. you know, that's just kind of how it is, dude. That, those poker nights were that's funny. amazing. That's funny. We would, I I remember getting there at like midnight mm-hmm. and uh, playing poker till four or five in the morning. And I had to be ready to go on mission at uh, six o'clock rolling out because we went every day. We yeah. were We were going on missions. Yeah, what does that look like? So you go out and is it? It just it, it was it was just mission dependent. So each deployment was a hundred percent different. That second one though, we were we were like going after the bad guy. In in Baghdad, we were just sort we did a lot of just presence patrols where we would just drive. We had a certain section of the city. It was called Shula. Just kind of sat there all day. And and we would just patrol through. Every once in a while, we'd stop. A couple guys would get out. We'd go to like a couple shops or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we had interpreters and we just talk. Hey, everything going good around here? That the second one, we took the fight to the enemy, and it was like the unit we took over. They said. Don't go into Hawija during the day. Really? We're like, our battalion commander and company commander, they were, they were ex-rangers. They were gung-ho. They were ready to go. We rolled up in there. RPGs and small arms fire as soon as we cross into that city. Just like. Really? Yeah. And it was. I was going to ask you, were the, like, was the gun, the gun fights pretty common or? There they were. Yeah. 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 There was a couple when we were in Baghdad, but this place was littered with ISIS. Really? Yeah. And uh, we did a lot of targeted attacks and stuff. Yeah. So hmm. we knew where they were because we'd get intel and we'd get phone numbers. And there, there was a little plane that would fly over. And if they, if they got on their phone, they would get a hit and it'd tell us exactly where they were. And sometimes we'd go in helicopters out there to try to get them, or sometimes we would, like, put a big mission together and, like, do a huge mission to go out and get them. Huh. So what does that look like? Is it like a, is it like a caravan of, like, uh, the Humvees and all that? Yep. And yep. you basically are all, like, in a, a line together going in? A hundred, yep. And then pretty much just you hear the sound of bullets hitting the Humvees? Like, pretty much, yeah. So what do you do from there? Just, like, stop and bunker down and start returning fire? Yeah, so, I mean, it just depends on what's going on and how much it was. But, Mm -hmm. 
you always had your gunner up top with a machine gun. Yeah. So most of the time, if you start laying out that 50 cal, that that's a wrap. People go running if yeah. they got a little AK-47. You yeah. know, that's mm-hmm. just because we had what three inches of armor on the outside of those. Yeah. An AK-47 round's not going to penetrate it, right? Yeah. But a 50 cal round hitting your body is going to put a hole through you. Yeah, yeah, that's so. wild. Well, did when so I know you said on your first deployment it was you y- y'all'd go out and talk to people and stuff like that. Like, what was the vibe from people that are, you know, not ISIS and oh, it was great. Taliban? Like, were those people – because I've heard you and Shane, you know, just sitting at the sports bar with you all talk about funny sto- – when we were over at your house when Shane was there, you all were talking about some funny stories of, you know, trading stuff with vendors that would come in. Yeah. So, like, were those people, like, a little bit more welcoming than – 100%, yeah. Really? It was only the – it was only those – ISIS and Taliban and all those yeah. radical people that were that those were the troublemakers. Everybody else just wanted to live. Yeah, that was it. Exist. You know, have they family. probably didn't like us being there, but because it was a conflict. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, I'm just saying, they, like they, they would also get targeted for talking to us. You know, yeah, especially the interpreters. That's rough because it, the interpreters would, whenever we would go out, they would wear like cover their faces and everything because they didn't want to like accidentally run in across somebody or them know who they were because ISIS would go whatever to their families to them they'd find out where they were yeah hmm. so but yeah. for the most part man I mean I remember walking through Baghdad and they had the metal doors and you would see people peeking through at us like, really like the women and the children they always kept them away like in another like if we went in to a house and like sit down and talk with them or whatever, the women and children would be completely segregated from us. And then like one of their teenage sons would bring us chai or whatever. Did you learn any Arabic or anything when you were there? I I knew a little bit while I was there, but that's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, we knew like stop and hello and you know, I didn't care. We had interpreters. Yeah. 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 No, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, does it, I mean, so getting out of that years later, did it, like, how did you feel about the, I'll just go ahead and say the disastrous exit of Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. That had to make a lot of, like, ex-military people probably pretty oh, it's, mad. It, I mean, Cause, anybody yeah. with a brain could have seen that the way they did it was going to turn into a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's just, obviously and then you we, just left so much stuff there. Yeah. Obviously we had a, we had a good friend that was pretty much there till almost the bitter end. And Who was that? Shane, wasn't he there? Oh yeah, he was. He yeah, was there he was, pretty last minute, like, wasn't he? he? He left like two or three weeks before. Yeah, he, I mean, was. he Man, was. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember talking Flying to him. Flying Apaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember talking to him. Oh, he knows, it. he knows a lot more you than know, me. You, yeah, you hear stuff in the news and podcasts and different things. And then I remember I talked to Shane about it. And the stuff that he was saying, I was like, okay, it was really going down like that. Yeah. I was like, wow. And I mean, Bagram, I mean, I spent three months at Bagram. 
and it was mm-hmm. it's a huge base i mean it's ginormous mm-hmm. so yeah that i felt um i felt bad for a lot of veterans uh and the people in that there that got killed how many of like 12 of them or and something and that's that's funny you say that because most people that are veterans or have been there that's that's what they that's what they say they don't talk about themselves or anything they talk about well i feel bad for like the afghan people that were left behind or all the people that were left behind when they shouldn't have been like those people should have gotten got out of there so that's a very selfless thought you probably don't even realize it but it's a selfless thing going over there in itself to fight for your country and that's a that's the thing, man. We appreciate it. Well, thank so, you, man. Yeah, that's uh, veterans always uh, special to me. You know, my dad was one. He didn't do any tours or anything, but anybody that's gone anywhere for that length of time is a. Uh, I feel like we've lost the. I feel like America has lost a little bit of the. I don't know if I want to say respect, but maybe that is the right word for military in itself. Um, I I'd like, agree with that. I, I feel like the when I grew up, I felt like um, military people were uh, man. If you were going to say anything to a military person, it was thank you. Yeah, thank you for your service. In which that's I was eating lunch with Josh Hugh last week, and the old feller was leaving and he was coming through with his you know vietnam hat and josh Patton slapped him on the back and shook his hand and said hey thank you for your service and he said thank you nobody ever tells me that anymore and he really walked out and here's the thing man about those vietnam guys they're they're all getting old now oh yeah you know yeah so um there's not many they're, they're going to be gone before we know it so you should if you see one of them because they're proud of it you know mm-hmm. so. well people I feel like people now look at people in the military, not 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 the people in the military, but they look at the military as a whole as like a product of the government doing something they shouldn't supposed to be, you know, or not doing. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at the history of the military, and it's the reason why we're all free. It's the reason why we're still free today, right now. It's because we have one of the most powerful militaries in the world, and that constant pressure of having that is what keeps us free. Yep. And you were talking about earlier, you talked about how united the country was after Mm 9-11. There's a guy, his name's Graham Allen, and he makes makes shirts and stuff, but uh, it's called 9-12 United. So nine twelve being the day after nine eleven, mm. yeah. how united the country was, and how why can't we be that way all the time? Why does it have to take you know some guys flying, or some douchebags flying planes into some into yeah. the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, and why does it take that to get united? Why can't we just stay united? You know. But you have people trying to divide, and and that's strategic, in my opinion. But yeah, they just want. Yeah, I mean. But anyways, well, I think. um, 
but I'll wear, I have a shirt, it says 912 United, and if I wear that out, every time I wear it, somebody comments on it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like-minded people out there. And there's a lot more of them than what you think. 100%. Our media completely, um, they just congest our brains with absolute BS, dude. Yep. Um, it's not as bad as what they say, and it's not as good as what they say. Mm-hmm. They're they're always lying, no matter what it is. They make things seem way worse. You know, they make they always make Trump seem way worse than he is. They always yep. make anybody. It's not just a Trump thing, but they just man they they thrive off of negativity because I think they just think that that's the only thing that's going to get them views and do people aren't even like paying attention to like mainstream media anymore and people are actually getting away from calling it mainstream media because nobody's watching it yeah yeah people because they go- know it's a bunch of bs yeah people are going to podcasts now and yeah. uh different platforms to get their information and stuff like that i mean listen you could <clears throat> listen to every one of joe rogan's podcast and you would you would know more than half of the country oh i know because the people he brings on aren't just random people. No, they're... They're people that are invested, and they're people that are in the know, and they're people that know things. Yeah. Like that Jeremy Corbell guy. Yeah. Uh, about uh, all the UFOs and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's... that uh, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> did you see what he was talking... I mean... What's going on with that? With... <laughs> I mean, I think he pretty much said that it's not aliens, it's literally demons from hell that are roaming the world right now. <laughs> but he can't prove it. <laughs> Dude, you hear stuff like that and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah like, well, okay, what's got, really going on? You, you, got know? The, you got the United States government talking about UFOs and aliens. Yeah. And you're Dude, like, they're out there. You don't get, I'm not going to go into a long spill, but. Oh, you can if you want. <laughs> there, there's no doubt in my mind that there's aircraft that we have. I mean, I've 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 read stuff, and I mean, word on the street is that the United States has like 130 alien aircraft or parts of 138. I don't know. I mean, obviously people can make stuff up, but there's just too much out with the videos and everything. There's something going on. Brittany and I, when we bought. Uh, her new car and we were in there with the finance guy he made a comment and i said something he goes oh him and i ended up talking for 45 minutes on this <laughs> stuff he gave me his phone number he texted me like a three-hour video he goes you got to watch this no he goes way. text me back and let let me know what you think yeah he got he looked at me he goes you're all in and he looked at Brittany. he goes you're not, but you're close. And yeah. Brittany's like, we got to get out of here, Phil. <laughs> but Brittany, man, you know, I mean, she's turned the corner on some of this stuff, too. She's like, there's just too much stuff out there for, you know, this to all be just yeah. happenstance. Well, I value good information, and it seems to me like it's getting to be more obvious than ever when you do actually come across good information. Yeah. Because you can almost smell it. BS a little bit. Yeah, you can. Like and, that thing in Miami the other well, day. Well, the yeah that yeah, and like the uh, the naval or the Air Force or the naval pilot. Um, I can't remember. He's been on Rogan like yeah, twice. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Who saw the Tic Tac things? Yep. Uh huh. I mean that dude's legit, man. 
He's yeah. he's a, I mean, legit uh, naval pilot who witnessed these things and, um, but he, and, and when he's interviewed, he doesn't he doesn't fa- like you can tell he's not fabric like he he just literally tells you what he saw and what he knows. Yeah, and like anything outside of that, he he'll be like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be like, but I, he's like, I know he, it, that thing was doing this and it did this. And he's like, and I know that's pretty much impossible with yeah. the technology that we have um, in or, the world. Why right would now. you make that up? Yeah, he's not. I mean, right. I mean, there's video of it too. Yeah, that's and they're all like, oh, those different. could have been birds. <clears throat> what? <laughs> he said the thing went to like it was messing with them, and then it knew it knew where they were gonna go. Yeah, and it went there mm-hmm. like within seconds. Yeah, that freaked me it, out. Was at their cat point. Yeah, that freaked me out, man. So. There's some, there's wild stuff going on. I don't know if it's some super insane technology that our government or another government hasn't uh, put out there yet. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, but yeah, it's a it's a wild time to be, dude. How do you did did you bring in the new year knowing that this year is going to be wild? It's going to be wild. I did. It's it, it it's. I mean, I'm just waiting for something to happen. Me too. I, I, I am too, man. I, I am too. And it's an election year. I mean, which it always got, gets wild. At least they got uh, Jill Biden now escorting Joe off stage, so he doesn't, you know, spin in circles four times to figure out how to get off the stage. Is he? Is he really running again? No. There's no way. Tucker Carlson keeps saying that uh, Joe Biden will be dead by the time this next election really gets going. I think they're going to kill him. I hope not. Yeah, me too, because he That's ain't scary. winning another one. No. Yeah, it's it's scary, man. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think that um, I am a little bit excited because I think after this, you know, the 2020 deal, I think that America is not going to be down for uh, – any bullcrap this time. I think people are going to walk away from, um, uh, what is it, red till you're dead, blue no matter who. Yeah. I think people are walking away from that, and I think people are going to vote for who they think is going to do the best yeah. job. And I, and I think the country will be better off with people thinking like that. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't vote for somebody because of skin color or ethnicity or sex or any of that it should be the person that you think is going to do the best job well and you shouldn't vote for somebody strictly um because you don't like the other person exactly yeah you shouldn't do that either no like you shouldn't then this is just an example in 2020 uh a lot of people voted for joe biden just because they hated trump Mm -hmm. that's not you shouldn't do that. It doesn't mean it's going to be better. If you don't like Biden, you shouldn't vote for him either. Vote right. for a third-party person yeah. or something. Yeah. Like you, you, that you most align with. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, and I knew a lot of people that were like, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he had a good economy, and I, I like a lot of it. I just can't stand his attitude, so I ain't voting for him. I'm <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. But, so a lot of people like that. Yeah. Which I mean, he is arrogant, and he probably is a prick, but, yeah. you know. He did. I think he did a pretty good job. He never offended me. <laughs> well, he didn't offend me either. And I, man, I tell you what, I got two trucks that got V eight engines, and um, 
at the time I was running a lawn care company. I really enjoyed gas being a dollar eighty. Yeah, it's nice, but you notice it's going down now. Just yeah, perfect time for uh, an election year. Yeah, we'll I got see. A, I got an employee that works for me, and uh, her and her husband own a uh, one of those new electric Mustangs. Oh yeah, and they drove that thing to uh, Florida, like to Panama City, I think. And she came back and she said. I will never drive that car on a trip again. No way. Because on the highways, it doesn't. It goes. It goes further in the city than it does on the highway. Because I guess if you're on the highway and you're going faster, the battery power goes up. But then you got to find somewhere to charge it. And then she's like, "You're waiting 30 minutes for a charger, and then it takes 45 minutes to get up to 85 percent or whatever you want it to be." She oh, said they had to stop three times. She said it took them 12 hours. <coughs> really? To get there? Yeah. Dude, I'm never gonna buy an electric car until it's convenient enough to charge it up in the amount of time that it would take to fill up a car with gas. That's never gonna happen. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not gonna so, happen, man. The day my car or my truck can drive like four or five hours towards Panama city yeah. with on a single charge and it's getting close to E and then I can stop at a charging station and charge my truck back up in 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. I'll do that. It's not going to, yeah, you're nowhere close to that right now. <clears throat> and have you heard how much, uh, if your battery goes out on one of those electric cars, how much they cost? They it's can like, be up to like six or eight thousand dollars. Like buy, yeah, dude. Elon Musk said it ain't going to happen. Real Elon Musk said that. Yeah, he owns one of the biggest electric car companies yeah. in the world, and he said there will never be a time where this country is solely running on electric vehicles. He said. Yeah, but he the, said the power grid. He said it can't contain it. Uh, Contain. Contain it. Yeah. And it and it probably never will be able to. Yeah. He said. He said. I think a mix is good, in which I agree. Yeah. If you know, if people live in um, cities where they don't have to really drive far and stuff. Right. Yeah. If you have an electric charger in your garage, that's fine. I don't care. But don't stop making diesel trucks, dude. No. Don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to own one. No. I'm not either. James gave me a hard time because I put some uh, solar-powered <clears throat> lights out around my pool deck. Yeah. And he goes, Phil, you got those solar-powered lights now. Next thing I know, you're going to be driving an electric vehicle. I said, no, James, I'm not. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to take a break real quick. I got to pee. All right. Don't you wish that uh, we could get a, what is it, a $100 million contract <laughs> to do uh, be a podcaster? Man. Could you imagine that? Having like a big <clears throat> like warehouse studio with all the things you like and and then just talking to like probably some of the most interesting people in the world and you got a hundred million dollar contract and just, Joe Rogan I, I think is probably the happiest person in the world. Dude. I'll, He's gotta be. Yeah. And he just makes sense. Dude, he literally commentates the UFC for fun. Yeah. He just does it because he likes doing it. Yeah, and he's and, good at that, too. Oh, yeah. he's. I mean, that's how we became known, that and Fear Factor. <laughs> yeah, Fear Factor. And have you seen I, – I saw a picture of him on Fear Factor on Twitter earlier today, and he was not nearly as big as he is right now. Yeah, dude, he's he, jacked, man. He's jacked, yeah. 
I think I want to get one of those uh, ice tubs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching uh, his Instagram or whatever the first time he got into it, and he lasted like two and a half or three minutes, and then he started being in there like 30 minutes, and he said it's like a game changer. Have you done that? No. Boy. It's it's, got to just... I mean, I've never... I've been in some cold water. I don't like being in cold water. I don't either. So, I saw one... We went down... My brother, myself, my mom, and my dad, we went down the Okoe. We talked my dad into going. I've done that too. And uh, we're going, and one of the first rapids is like a class... You know, they got class one through five or whatever, and I think the highest on the Okoe is four. And I'm in the front... And my brother's to my left, and my dad's behind me. And we hit that first rapid, and the guy's like, pedal forward. And we're pedaling forward, and we hit it. And out of the corner of my right eye, I see two legs straight in the air. (laughs) (laughs) And it's my dad. Oh, no. I was probably 17 or 18 years old, so this has been years ago. My dad hit the water, and he came up, and his eyes, and he's like, (gasps) Because, you know, it took, takes your breath away when uh-huh. you get in that cold water. And the, the guide's like, hold your paddle out. Hold your paddle out. He don't want to go through this rapid in the water. And me, my mom, my brother, we're just laughing our asses off. No way. Yeah, my dad went through that whole rapid in the water. Was he pissed? He was pissed. He yeah. said, yeah. It, yeah. That was at <laughs> the very beginning. He was mad the, yeah, I don't know, two or three hours the rest of the time. <laughs> He's like, <clears throat> You know how dad it is. Yeah. GD, son, I ain't never doing this shit again. <laughs> Dude, I, um, there's just something about like real cold water, man. It's so hard for me to do that yeah. voluntarily. Yeah. You know, I, when I was a kid, I've run and jumped. And, dude, speaking of, uh, on the way to um, drop Sonny off earlier, I drove by the Sportscom. They're doing the Polar Plunge today. today. Yep. Yeah, I saw them doing it. you got to pay $75 to do that. Are you serious? Yeah. No. No, I ain't paying. I, I'm not paying to freeze my butt off. No. No. Dude, I bet you it's not going to be long. I mean, that the, the ice bass or whatever it is, that's becoming so popular. Yeah. I bet those things are going to be become like almost as common as like a hot tub probably where you can buy like a hot tub and you can buy like a a cold tub yeah but whoo man apparently it's good for you it is no it's it's really good for you it's supposed to um prevent like alzheimer's and uh, a bunch of diseases I, i bet it clear i bet if you get into some ice cold water for 15 minutes when you get out your mind will be clear yeah 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 that's there's a lot of um, strange things like that that are being proven to show a bunch of health benefits, like the fasting thing. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing like a four-day fast. I can't do it. I mean, to me... I've done 24 hours. I know I can do that. I feel like, you know, I go to bed at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whatever time, and I sleep for eight hours. I fasted for eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've done good then. <laughs> Have you seen how different Dana White looks. Yeah. He's on the carnivore diet and he's been doing like, like So what's fasting. a carnivore diet? Meat only. That's it. That's it. Meat and eggs. Well, I bet that ticks, anything ticks a carnivore would eat. Yeah. yeah. That makes people mad. Oh, dude. Please, the vegetarian thing is 
Come on, man. I'm I'm not a believer in any of them. I think a balanced diet's probably the best thing. Yeah. Uh, I think you should eat vegetables, you know, meat and fruit. And, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about macaroni and cheese that, and the cheese is made from like some kind of powder you pour in there. That doesn't make any sense, does it? I'm not saying that that's probably. Um, a valid <laughs> diet choice, but you know, we all dude. There's no way to get away from eating crap. There's no way. Not it's, in this it's country. Impossible. It is. You can't, you can't do it. Even when you go to Kroger or wherever you shop and you try to buy healthy, like it's still, it's not good. It's not. Yeah. You know, there's not other countries don't. Um, it's illegal for them to import um, American meat. Really. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much all European countries will not. It's illegal to import any American meat. I mean. Period. Brittany and I went in, to Paris in 2019, I guess, for her birthday. Yeah. And the way people dress there and the way they look makes us look like fat slops. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, you go, you go out to dinner and people will be in, like, sweatpants and tennis shoes and, a, you know, look like they're ready for bed. Yeah. People don't go out in public like that over there. They don't. Really? Like, the women are all, and men, you know, they're all, like, look like they're ready to go out. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. obesity is not in as big of an issue. I'm sure it's an issue everywhere, but America's just, we just eat crap all the time. And you, fast food joints, I mean, like, you, you don't see a McDonald's on every corner. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, drive down Memorial in Murfreesboro. It's all, it's all junk. It's all junk. It's yeah. all cook fast food. Cookout, Taco Bell, McDonald's. Burger King, Wendy's. Koji Express. Yeah, it's yeah. all just. It's all just. Yeah. Oh, dude. But it's good. I'm trying to. Um, like, we're going to try to raise Sunny in a way that's like. We're going to try to, like, explain to her. Like, I want her to know the difference between, like, real food. Mm-hmm. And fake food yeah basically example if i go to your house to hang out and you cook uh grilled chicken thighs and broccoli and a loaf of like garlic bread or something in my mind that's real food yeah pop tarts is fake food yes yeah 100 percent. and I, i i want her to like understand that and to know, like, it's okay to eat a donut, but, like, a donut is not is not breakfast. That's, that's like, a dessert. Yes. That's something that's, like, you enjoy as, like, a guilty pleasure. Yeah. But that's not, like, a lifestyle thing. Like, you don't go to donut country every morning and pick no. up your donut. Like, that's yeah. not a... But they are good donuts. They are good. They're the best donuts. People, people try to argue with me about that, and I'm like, no. Dude, look. I'm like I'm not over here talking like I got a freaking six pack and a Mr. Health over here. I'm not Mr. Clean, but I'm I'm just saying like I know the difference between like real food and fake food, mm-hmm. and I try to make the decision to eat as good as I can as much as I can. It's yeah. hard yeah. because we're surrounded by junk all the time, but yeah, I, I'm I would really like to pound that in her head because when I was a kid, I don't think I knew a difference, man. No, I I remember. As a kid, I would make a whole box of uh, Velveeta mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. I'd eat the whole dadgum thing. Oh, yeah. 
Dude, I used to put butter on my Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Dude, my mom told me when I was a little kid, <laughs> Phil, this is going to trip you up right here. She said when you were little, she goes, I'd, I'd come and find you. You'd be just somewhere in the house. And she said you'd have a whole stick of butter just taking whole bites out of it. Good gosh, man. And you wonder I why I have high cholesterol. We, we, we don't even keep butter in the house. Really? No. We, we, we'll use like extra virgin olive oil. That's what we use. Or, or something. But Addie the other day is like, or maybe it was Elena. It's like, Dad, we don't have any butter. I was like, why do we need butter? We're not baking anything. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't ever use butter. Like Dude, if, we, uh, if we if we get a like if we're having steak or something, and I get some like French bread, we don't we'll just I'll just bake the bread and that's how we have it. We don't yeah, have you can dip butter. it in olive oil. Yeah, you olive oil is great yeah, for you. Yeah, olive oil, avocado oil, um, coconut oil. I think those are all real good. Um, dude, any of those seed oils are trash. Canola oil, trash. Yeah. Um, all that kind of. Dude, seed oils, like grape seed oil, was um, the original use for that was an industrial lubricant for, like, machines and factories. And it actually, the natural odor of that stuff stinks. It's like a, has a wretched smell. Yeah. And they actually, like, have to, like, deodorize it before they put it in food. I don't, I don't think we've ever had any of that. It's in everything you eat. Is it? Yeah, you know, look at the ingredients. You'll see grape seed oil, canola, canola oils in freaking... Everything, or corn, corn seed oil, dude. It's all these oils are like terrible for your cholesterol. When I started cutting out like all these seed oils out of my diet, like I don't eat anything with any of that stuff anymore. My cholesterol dropped like instantly. Yeah, I got so, the high cholesterol too, man. Well, I do too, but I mean not anymore. But I I made like a couple of simple changes and. Um, You're not on the medicine. No, no. I quit taking my statin. I don't have to take it anymore. Good for you. Hmm. Well, right now, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I got to get out of the holidays, man. Yeah. The holidays are rough, you know. This time of year, it's cold. There's bread and desserts everywhere. Everybody brings a pie to daggum everything. And yeah. It's hard to stay good. So I got about five or six pounds I got I to gotta drop here in the next couple of weeks just to make up for the Christmas season. But You can do it. I think so, man. I think so. But anyways, I got all kinds of st- I made this cheat sheet about six months ago. So Did six you? months ago, this is what was going on. These, these were my, um, my, my notes here. UFO, new pandemic. I guess that never happened. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if it does. I'm not listening. To I guess Anthony Oliver blew up in this time period. Yeah. Uh, Bud Light yeah. got canceled. 2024 election, Biden and JFK. That's what I had written down. <laughs> so, but anyways, did, did man. you see? Did you see that video that Trump put out? No, I I'll, guess I'll not. show it to you. It's like a three and a half minute video. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <clears throat> I'm talking about what? Oh, just uh, man, I, I, it's a song. I think it's an Aerosmith song in the back of it like in the background and it's just showing that uh you know we just got to be on the lookout for what these fools are going to try to do that in 2024 well i agree with him on that yeah dude i did want to uh 
And hopefully this does not take too long. I think I sent you this. The one you sent me this morning? About the songs that turned... 30 years old? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me... Uh, aren't they... Aren't these freaking sweet, dude? Oh, they're great. You got Indian Outlaw on there. Country songs turning 30 in 2024. Classic right there. That's my house. Toby Keith. That's my car. Toby Keith is a classic. That's my dog. I mean, that was 1994. Yeah. He had a hell of a mullet. There I you love go. this song. Kian <laughs> Chowtown. She's a chickamaw. She's a one of a can. <laughs> oh, rest Bro, in peace. Dude, absolutely. The, Joe Diffie. The Corona got him. That's, uh, if you drink, don't drive, do the watermelon crawl. That was a slammer <laughs> at Whiskey songs? Dicks back in the day, dude. Oh, I bet. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, that sucker would come on, and the girls would do some kind of weird watermelon crawl dance. It was funny. Oh, man, whiskey dicks. Mm. You know, you just don't feel right at 40 years old going into whiskey dicks. It's a nice place, man. Yeah. <laughs> I told my mom and my dad, I'm like, look, get up there about 7, yeah. hang out till 9, go home. And then leave. Yeah. yeah. Get your 25-cent beers. Us us, uh, us old folks, that we just need to eat dinner. <laughs> You go up there, enjoy the music, watch the people learning how to line dance, yeah. enjoy a couple of nice drinks, hit, hit the uh, the punch bag a couple times. Yep, Shane can do that. Boy, I would not mess with Shane. No, I told him about. I told him what you said that when he hit that, you're like, man, I do not want to get hit by Shane. He just no. started laughing. Good <laughs> gosh, man, he uh, that guy's got a right hook from. Yeah, he he pounded that thing. He. Dude, he that thing went into the 900s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Evan said it to freaking Outer Space 2. Did he? Over Thanksgiving. We were in there. <laughs> Dude, we probably put 20 bucks in that thing. Oh, yeah. Isn't you can re- do it. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, whatever. 20 <laughs> bucks. 20 bucks here. But you're talking about line dancing. There was a, uh, when we lived in uh, New York, there was like a hole-in-the-wall bar. Mm-hmm. And Brittany and I would go up there once a week. And uh, they would always play that uh, Steve Earle band, uh, Copperhead Road. Oh, yeah. And Brittany would take her shoes yeah. off and go out on the little dance floor, like old dance floor, like nine, was built in 1920, like splinters and stuff, <clears throat> no shoes. And she would get out there and do that whole dan- line dance to that song. <laughs> and every time that song comes on, I'm like, come on, Brittany, you got it. She goes, oh, I don't remember. I know she remembers it. She just don't want to do it anymore. That's funny. Yeah. Dude, I remember when Whiskey Dicks was in the old building. Yeah. Um, me, you, and Caitlin went one night. And uh, we had been hanging out a little bit, but not too, too long. And Because uh, we went out to eat at Carmen's before. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caitlin was out there showing Brittany how to do the cowboy cha-cha or some crap. And then, like, one of those super old dudes... That's like a line dance instructor. Yeah. Started dancing with Brittany and showing her oh, like yeah. how to do I it. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, what do you think about that, Phil? And you're like, dude, I care less. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, all right, this guy's a good dude. <laughs> Not jealous, doesn't care. I, I think I know who you're talking about. That same dude's in there. Dude, he's still in there. Yeah, he's got to be 80-something. Yeah, he's an old fellow. He's old. Yeah, they yeah. can... 
He's not just 60. He's like 80. Yeah. When I went uh, over the holiday, he was there. He's there all the time. On, on a Friday, Saturday night, I think he's there. Man, I mean, that's cool, dude. That's his hobby. Yeah. You know, he probably likes line dancing. And um, yeah. and keeps him in shape, probably. Sure. Keeps him going. Yeah, you know? sure. I know yeah. some people that um, still, that are my age, that still go up there just to, just to line dance. That's just. I just like to go watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, man. I'm, I'm not, a people watcher. Me too. I'm not going to say I have two left feet if I can, you know, I can get down a little bit, but I'm not, I can't do organized dances, like orchestrated, like movements. I just got to be able to feel my own groove. You know yeah, what I mean? I feel you. I, yeah. I sing to my own note. I can't get in there and do what everybody else is doing. You know, you turn some 90s hip hop on, you give me a cell phone connected to a speaker. Let so me, it's over. Let me tell you this. When you, when you have Brittany and Leah on, you got to ask. Write this down. You got to ask Brittany about the competition she won in South Padre Island. South Padre Island. Yeah, down in Texas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she might be mad about that one. Uh, she'll get over it. She always does. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just don't let the kids listen to it. <sighs> Chloe looked over at me. She's like, "What?" <laughs> Chloe, you gonna are you gonna come on hitters only one time one day? What is that? <laughs> yeah, we'll worry about it later. <laughs> we'll have you and Elaine on as long as y'all don't get in an argument. Okay. Well, <laughs> speaking of man, how is it um, juggling three kids in three different sports? You know, it's just uh, seven days a week. It's all good. Yeah. We figure it out. Would you have it any other way? No, no. Yeah. And in six years, it's all going to be over with, and Brittany and I are going to be like, what happened? Yeah. You know? I mean, Addie's going to graduate in, what, two, two, just over two years. That's going to go quick. Yeah. She's already getting recruited by uh, colleges. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, she told me, she said, Dad, I'm going to grind this winter in golf. Boom. I said, I said, I hope you do. She's ready. I was like... Use that five years ago, but I'll take it right now. Yeah, I'm excited about um, the stage of life all your girls are headed into. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for y'all, and it's gonna be fun for us. Like yeah. I, I'm, dude. I hope, like I hope, three years from now, that um, me and you are going to like parent weekend. Yeah, at wherever Addie's at college, and we set up a freaking. Te- hopefully, it's UT. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna throw it out there. But you know, hopefully, you know, we're setting up a tailgate tent, making food, feeding college kids, and having yeah. a good time. You know, that's the stuff I look forward to. Like as kids get older, yeah, it's like you can kind of you can let your hair down a little bit more with them, and you know, they're grown. They mm-hmm. they're gonna be who they're gonna be yep. at that point. And you, you've done what you can do. You've done what you can yep. do, and and it's over, and and. Now the only thing you got to do is just have, just hold a good relationship with them. Yep. That's it. So and we didn't. Exciting. You're talking about Tennessee. Um, what do you think about Nico? I think he's as smooth as butter, dude, man. And he's he's not cocky. No. He's not out there to show himself off. He every time he scored, he just ran back to the sidelines. You want to know what I was? Um, because you know. The 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 bowl game thing? Yeah. You know, man, um, did Tennessee want to be playing Iowa in the Cheez-It Bowl, Citrus Bowl? 
Probably not. We yeah. would have rather been at the Rose Bowl or the national championship or a playoff game. But either way, I think it was a good bowl, and uh, we took care of business just like we yeah, did last year. Yeah. Whoop, whoop that tail. And, um, you know, Nico, <clears throat> he came out, number one, I did not get a sense that he was nervous. Not at all. Dude. Ice running through his veins. Yep. Uh, number two, um, I liked his ability to drop back, look at the field. If it wasn't there, he's gone. Yeah. I love that. One of my biggest pet peeves with quarterbacks is dropping back and dropping back and dropping back. Yeah. And then you're in trouble. Yeah. Dude, drop back. Take your two and a half seconds. If it's not there, you were the number one dual threat quarterback in high school. Take off, yeah. dude. That's what he, we got he, you he for. He took a, t- a couple too many sacks, I think, that probably didn't have to. But he's going to learn. I mean, this is well, his first game. This brings me to my number three. The sacks that he took, he didn't seem flustered by them. Oh, no. And he was fine. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. Yeah. We got, you know, he, he, he just – he wasn't like spiking the ball – or, you know, when the camera went to his face, it wasn't like a, you know, the, sometimes the world type of thing. Yeah, yeah, man, you remember Garantano, dude? Oh gosh, he wore his emotions on his sleeve, dude, yeah. and you can't do that. And uh, not at that level. I think uh, Herb Street said that he said Nico is like a six four Bryce Young. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, baby. I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm down 100%. with that. 100. So and the, and the running back, man, Dylan Sampson, mm-hmm. he's gonna be a stud too. I thought he. Yeah. Pro- I mean, we're good. Uh, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, and uh, Cooper Mays coming back. That's a big, big deal. Yeah, yeah. For for Nico especially. For Nico and man, he's a he's the leader of that offensive line. And he's just a Tennessee boy, man. Yeah. You know, you want you got to have Tennessee guys that bleed the state of Tennessee on that team. There's not a there's not a scenario I see of uh, Florida beating Tennessee next year. <laughs> oh, it's God. not. I didn't see a scenario this year, Staley. I didn't either, man, but. Oh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, we won't talk about it. Yeah. But that was a bad gig right there, boy. That was very disappointing, but. Anyways, man, before we get in here, start talking about you're going to have to come on for another podcast at some point. We got too much yeah, to talk about. We do can it, do it. Do it in one point, but man, we've been going for a while, almost two hours. But one of the um, one of the main questions that I wanted to ask you, um, we covered a lot of your military stuff. What's the what's the number one thing? that you came out of the, like, what do you value the most about your time in the military? Uh, I would have to say just teaching me how to be a man. Cause I didn't know before I went to the military. Yeah. And I knew by the end of basic training, like discipline, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't disciplined. I, I mean, it, it was, Discipline is the number one thing I learned from the military. Um, and it just taught me, I mean, and the military taught me basically everything I know right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
if I go into a job interview, I know I'm the best person for that, and I don't, I'm not trying to be cocky in a job interview, but I know that I have a leg up in everybody else that's applying, interviewing for the same job I might be, mm-hmm. because I'm not nervous, I know who I am, I'm confident in who I am, and that's all from the military. You're a good podcaster. I bet you didn't know the military give you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. Well, no, that's awesome. Um, and the friends. Uh, I thought I like, thought that you would say that. Like, uh, I've, I've Joel and Shane mm-hmm. are two lifelong friends that were all, will always be there that I would have never met, would have never known, and there Joel is a. I mean. Joel is a Mexican from Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of Joel's parents are, Joel is a, they, they both were born in Mexico and moved and migrated to the States. And he grew up in West Texas and him and I hit it off the very first. And Shane is a surfer dude from Bakersfield, California. I mean, dude. what are the odds that somebody from Tennessee is going to become best friends with two people like that? The only way that happens is military. Those are both great men. Oh, yeah. Dude, I can sit there. I could sit like a fly on the wall all day long and listen to y'all talk about y'all's old stories. Oh, yeah. I love it. When y'all get going and y'all are relaxed and having a good time and y'all start talking about y'all's old war stories and stuff, dude, it's so fun. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, and, and, you know, it might be the same stories every time they're here, but it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. You know? Well. And sometimes new stories that maybe we had forgotten about come up. So Joel may say something, and then that'll trigger. Yeah. Oh, man. you're Joel and I used to walk. It was like a 10-minute walk to the chow hall, and uh, we would sing the song. Uh, I forget who sings it, but it's sometimes I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about. Um, and we would ju- we would sing that song all the way through. All the and by the time we got to the Chow Hall, we were done with the song. Uh, you know, that was just something to something uh, to do. Yeah, something to do. Yeah, man. And, and Shane, it, uh, uh, Shane sleepwalking is just <laughs> the greatest stories to ever tell. That poor guy <laughs> and his sleepwalking. I woke. I'm not going to tell the story yeah. here. But. Um, Shane, oh man, I woke. I mean, you know, dude. I woke up in the middle of the night and Shane was massaging my feet, and I'm uh, like, dude, you're easy. Sh- go lay back down, man. And he went over there. And he goes, dude. I'm like, dude, you were massaging my feet. He goes, I wasn't massaging your feet, dude. I'm like, Shane, lay down and go to sleep. He he doesn't remember any of it. You know the, uh, and this is a. A wild statement, and there is no BS attached to this statement at all. I've hung out with Shane. Well, we went on a weekend trip together for a Tennessee game. Yeah, and then the cabin. And then the cabin, and then at your... I've hung out with Shane three times. Yeah. Okay. And... I would consider that guy one of my best friends, dude. Oh, yeah. That's That's the type of guy he is. Um... Like if he if he was like, hey dude, I need some help. Can you fly to Alaska? I would go. Yeah. He, I mean, I have a lot of respect for him and love for him and his family. And uh, Joel too. He's Joel's like that too. He's just like, 
it's just like, man, when you made a good one, dude, and you, you ran, know it. you ran into a good one with them. Yeah, and that's and, why they're still around. Yeah, man, and, and um, here, here's the thing: Joel and I went. Shoot, Joel got out of the army when we got back from Baghdad, and I probably didn't see Joel for seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. And then because he moved back to Texas and he was sort of living all over Texas and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in, then I ended up when we, he was, he was living in a place called Clovis, New, New Mexico. And we were in Las Cruces and, uh, Brittany and I just decided one day it was like a five hour drive that we were going to drive up there and see him. And it was like, it was like we had seen him the day before. And yeah. Then, you know? Yeah. So. Well, if there's one thing I've noticed about, uh, you since I met you is that you value relationships. Um, you, you and Brittany and your whole family, y'all seem to, y'all put a lot into friends yeah. and oh, your, yeah. your family, your well, close. they're important. Yeah. And, uh, man, do you think you get a lot of that from the military because you yes. were so close with all those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> and, man, that's, um, for whatever reason, I've, I've always been like that too. I've leaned a lot on friends and, um, so man, <clears throat> you said that the military taught you, you know, how to be a man and, mm-hmm. but man, it sounds like it, it, uh, it taught you to cherish relationships too. Yeah. So, cause it seems like you met a, a lot of good boys in the mix. So that's, it's awesome. I always appreciate listening to all the stories and meeting, meeting these people you got to, uh, throw down with overseas and hang out with that, you know, where you were stationed and yep. you met these people all over the, all over the place, you know? Yep. And it's, it's wild, man. You've really gone full circle with it. Cause you know, you're not, you don't live in New York. You don't live in New Mexico and you live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah. And these people come to Murfreesboro, Tennessee and a couple of them want to move here. Yeah, I mean, and Brittany and I went to Monterey, California to see Joel and and Jalen last year, you know? So it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. And uh, Shane's really working me hard to go to Alaska, but Brittany's like, I ain't going to Alaska. I'm like, you don't want to go up there and see the northern lights? I mean, he's going to be there for two more years. We're going to go. Yeah. She's going to listen to this. She's going to be like, I ain't going. We're going to go. Yeah. I mean. And it's and it's not going to be in the summer. It's going because I want to see the Northern Lights because he's he's showed me pictures. Dude, we need to go see him when it's dark for freaking well, fifteen that's like hours this a day. Time of, this time of year. <laughs> what else do we have to do? They need us then. They yeah. don't have anything to do right now, dude. They're no, stuck nothing. inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go see him, man. We're going. We'll. we'll we need to just. Figure We're just it not out. flying Alaska Airlines. Did you see what happened to that plane yesterday? No. Yeah, the emergency door. Mid-flight, flew open. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sucked, like, people's phones out the... No way. And they had to make an emergency landing in Portland. Yeah. With the door open? With the door open. Oh. <laughs> Low. <laughs> Brand new. This plane's only 10 weeks old. Brittany Dude, did, not, did somebody not shut the door good I enough? don't know. Maybe that might be what happened. Brittany and I are headed to uh, New York in, what, two weeks? Yeah. Taking Addie up there for a Broadway show for her 16th birthday. Don't sit birthday. in the emergency exit. No, I ain't sitting in the emergency exit. No. <laughs> sit up front. We'll on, we'll Pay be... extra for the early check-in. Yeah. We're on, we're, on, we're on the Southwest. Heck no. Man, I, 
I hadn't been. I've flown all over. Well, for some reason, I'm nervous to fly. It's <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, you've flown a, literally across the pond. How many times? Like fourteen or fifteen. Shoo, yeah. boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I guess every every uh, tour you had to, yeah. you got time off to come back. So I'd fly over, fly back, fly back over, fly back. So that's four times for each tour. Yeah. And then I've been. And then I went on a senior trip to Europe. And then Brittany and I went to Paris. So, yeah. yeah. Man, what was the, uh, what were the jams like with the boys in the barracks? What were y'all listening to? Everything. Really? Not many of them like country. Really? So it was a lot of... Uh, I mean, you kind of want to get hyped up a man, little bit. Man, on that second deployment, you, you know, no, first deployment, you know what one of them was? Hmm. Nickelback. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> I love Nickelback. You're in good company here. <laughs> Yeah, man. Dude, Nickelback Nick- was my generation yeah. growing up. They were they were hot and heavy. Yeah, so Look that at was this photograph. Oh yeah. Everybody's <laughs> like, man, Nickelback does it. I'm like, man, we Nickelback was a go to all the time. And Avril Levine. Oh yeah. Everybody loved Avril Levine, man. She was hot and heavy boy oh, back yeah. then. Dude, I was like, Man, that chick is hot. Have you seen her now? It's like, woo. No, I hadn't looked. Don't don't just keep Keep her twenty years ago. Could in you your imagine brain. <laughs> that back then? We thought girls were like smoking hot, and they wore like baggy pants. Yeah, dude. If girls now, it dude, they would be so pumped if baggy pants were back in. Oh yeah, yeah. How easy did they? I have don't it? want. I like. I like Lulu leggings, man. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brittany. Get you some of them. Look at Chloe. Chloe shaking her head. <laughs> oh man. Well, Philip. We've officially hit the two-hour mark. Sweet. I think uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up, but I appreciate you. Um, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and hopefully I'll get you back on. I'll get the ladies on. Yeah, get the ladies on first, and then that yeah. that's probably going to lead into our next one. You coming back on to defend yourself? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because but, Leah's probably got some stuff to say about me, too. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but, no, man, you got a beautiful family. You got... Uh, wonderful friends. Uh, I appreciate your service. Thank you, man. Appreciate so, it. So, appreciate your friendship and your yep. family. And we so, here for the long haul, Staley. We are. Yeah. So, I, hey, man. Thanks for coming on, hitters only. Thank you. All right. During his eight years of service, he served as an army combat medic. He deployed overseas twice to Iraq with the 1st Battalion, 87th Infantry Regiment, then later with the 10th Mountain Division. He then deployed to Afghanistan with the 2nd Engineer Battalion. For his heroism and dedication to service, he was awarded the Combat Medical Badge for rendering aid and compliance. His numerous military honors include the Iraq Campaign Medal with Campaign Star, Afghanistan Campaign Medal with two Campaign Stars, and the Army Chief Medal. Thanks. Join me in thanking the U.S. Army Sergeant Pete And all the brave servicemen and thanks
perspective. 